love you too. What's up, Bridge students? We have Spring Hill in the house, Columbia in the house. It's going to be a party tonight. Hey, we're so glad that you're here. You know, if this is your first time here at Bridge Students, we just want to welcome you. Thank you so much for coming and hanging out and just being a part of what God is doing here on a Wednesday night. So it's, it's so good to have you here. It really is. It's going to be an amazing night. And as you can tell, I have the, the privilege and the honor of getting to preach tonight on the X. I can't believe it. But I'm excited. I'm not going to preach for too long, but I am going to give it everything that I have. So feel free to be engaged tonight. You can say amen. Let it be. Shout me down. You can clap. You can just give me that face where you're like, that's when I know it's, it's, it's going good. So we're going to have a good time and encounter Jesus. Amen? amen? Amen. You know, if I have um, one purpose and one mission tonight, it's that you would leave this place with a greater understanding of Jesus. I think if I have one goal, I, I believe there's some of you in here tonight, you just need to be impressed and blown away by the goodness and the grace of your Savior. You just need to be impressed. So, so if you have your Bible, go with me, go with me to Luke, the book of Luke, chapter 7, 36, verse 36. We're going to read a story off the front end here. We're going to be done before you know it. You know, maybe there's some of you in here today. You walked in here lost. When you leave, you're going to realize that God was around you this whole time. You know, maybe some of you, you walked in here weak today. You're going to walk out of here with some strength. Some of you came in here single. You're going to leave single. But Chris, it's, it's Valentine's Day, and I just, I need like somebody to complete me. No, you don't. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Verse 36, let's read. One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. They asked Jesus to eat with him. And he, Jesus, he went into the Pharisee's house and he reclined at the table. And behold, I love that it said he reclined at the table. He didn't just sit at the table because we know Jesus. He has all that sovereign swag. He's too cool. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner. When she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, they brought, she brought an alabaster flask of ointment, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair, with the hair from her head, and she kissed his feet and anointed them with ointment. Now when the Pharisees who invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known what sort of woman this is and who is touching him, for this woman is a sinner. And Jesus answered saying this Simon I have something to say to you and he answered say it teacher a certain money lender had two debtors one owed 500 denarii and the other 50 when they could not pay he canceled the debt of both now which one of them would love him more Simon answered he said the one I suppose from whom he canceled the larger debt and he said to him you have judged correctly then he turned towards the woman and he said, Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who has forgiven little loves little. 
And he said to her, he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at the table, they began to say amongst themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Then Jesus, he looked at the woman and he said to her, your faith has served you. Go in peace. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you that we get the opportunity to gather in a setting like this and you can breathe on it and do something so special. God, I pray in this moment that our ears would be open to hear you, our eyes would be open to see you, and that you would do what only you can do. We love you, we thank you, we give you all the praise. And everybody said, oh, come on, everybody said, amen. Hey, how many out there, um, by a quick show of hands, you would say that you love to stay in hotels? You love staying in hotels. Hey, hey. See, I love to travel, so I love staying in hotels. I do. But what I've noticed is that, that in a hotel, we get kind of careless. I mean, when we're at our house, I mean, that's our house. Like, if you trash the place, your mom's going to hit you upside the head. So we're a bit more careful. But, but at a hotel, I mean, at a hotel, like, you don't own this. You know, somebody's going to come through and clean up your mess. You get, you get kind of careless. Like, when I'm at a hotel, like, I'll get a whole box of pizza. I'll eat that bad boy right in the bed. Like, I'll get sauce all over the sheets. I'll eat chicken. I mean, you know, the, the crumbs will get all over the pillows. Like, I'll get the wet towels and just toss them in the corner like it's nasty. Some of you, you're looking at me like, I do that at home, Chris. Well, you're nasty. Like, at home, we don't do those things. We're, we're, we're careful. But at a hotel, we get, we get a little careless. See, I think it's important for you to know tonight that Jesus paid the price completely for you. He paid for your past sins. He paid for your present sins. And he even paid for your future sins. It's important to know that if you're with Jesus, he paid the price completely for you. Therefore, he doesn't have a careless plan for your life. He has a careful, an intricate, a detailed plan. Why? Because he bought you back. He has a careful plan for you. I just feel like if some of us, if we would just walk into church and understand that Jesus, the Savior, he actually has a perfect plan for us, it would completely change the way we view him. He's not careless with you. I know somebody else might have been careless with you, but this Jesus, this Savior, he cares for you. In Luke 7, the Bible says that there was a sinful woman. And she walks into this house of the Pharisees, and, you know, Jesus is hanging out doing his Jesus thing. And we don't even get her name. She's just known as the sinner. How crazy is that? What if people only knew you by your sin? Like, oh, there he is. Hey, there he is. There's greed right there. Look at him. Oh, there she is. There's the liar. Hey, good to see you, liar. Like, we don't even get this woman's name. She's just, she's just known by her actions, by what she's done. And I don't know if you know this. This may be basic or familiar with, for some of you. But for some, this may be a revelation tonight. If you're with Jesus, you are not defined by what you've done. You are defined by who God says you are. I mean, I, you for, the old is gone. The new is here. You can say what Paul said, I forget what is behind me. I press on towards the mark because I'm confident that he who began a good work in me will carry it out to completion. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Come on, somebody. 
We can believe these things. He has a careful plan for your life. This woman, she's just known as the sinner. Maybe some of you have felt like her before. When people look at you, they only see you for your mistake. They only see you by, by what you've done and by your past. But you're not what you've done. You, you are who God says you are. The Bible says that this woman, she makes her way into the house. And there's a key word in this text that jumps out to me. It says that this woman learned that Jesus was in town. Which means that someone had to tell her. I think so often a lot of the heroes in the Bible, we don't even know their names. It's not going to be until we get to heaven one day where we find out who these people are. But, but I wonder, who is the person that told this, told this sinful woman that Jesus was in town? Bible scholars tell us that this woman, her sin was that she was a prostitute. That day in and day out, she would sell her body for a moment. She was selling herself. People were coming and purchasing her. People were coming and buying her. But one day, somebody came up to her and said, there's a man that wants to buy you back. There's a man that wants to buy you back. We don't know if that person walked away from the scene and like thought that they failed. Like, hey, I told her. Like, they, they, they could have thought that they messed up. They could have thought that they failed. But, I mean, come on. I actually believe we're one of those churches that's actually supposed to go out and spread the gospel. You know? We're not just going to set up shop like, hey, they're going to come to us. We have this beautiful new building. They're, they're going to all come. No, Jesus said go on the highways and the byways, compel people that my house might be full. Now, get this picture. This woman, who knows if this guy, this person that, that, she, that told her about Jesus, who knows if she rejected him? They might have said, hey, Jesus is in town. You should, you should go see this Savior, this, this person, this Jesus. She might have rejected him, but please don't misinterpret this rejection for what it actually is an injection into her life. I mean, so often, I mean, have you ever been there before where you invited somebody to church and, like, they didn't come? They, just, they didn't come. Or even better, have you ever invited somebody to church and they came, but they showed up on that one day you wish they wouldn't have came? Like, it's not usually like this. Like, who knows? People thought that, you may have thought this person failed. But whenever I face failure or this kind of rejection, I'm reminded of the words of the Apostle Paul. He says, I've planted seeds. Apollos watered seed, but it's only God who can make that seed grow. You have no idea what's happening when you step out and you make an invite. Hey, what are you doing next week? You ought to come to Bridge Students. Hey, hey, what are you doing? You ought to come sit with me. You ought to come hang out. They might reject you, but trust that God is still working. You know, I, um, I grew up in a home where sports were very important. Uh, I grew up playing basketball and football, so that means I would always have friends over. People from the basketball team, the football team, they were always hanging out. And so what that means is that my mom's fridge was always empty. Food was being devoured quicker than when it was coming in. But I love my mom. She's amazing. She would go to this place called Costco. Costco is Greek for Jesus. She would go to Costco, and if you don't know what Costco is, it's this giant store where they sell everything in bulk. So it's like you're shopping for a zombie apocalypse. It's wild. But the, the thing I love the most about Costco is they have these things on the, the end of the aisles, these things called sample corners. Yeah. Hello. I love a good sample corner. Like sometimes you'll get lucky and you can catch one at a Kroger every now and then. 
I love a good sample corner because everybody has a different technique, you know. It's always like this sweet old lady that can just barely hear you, and she's awesome and so nice. And, you know, I just, I don't even talk when I go up to a sample corner. I just kind of, I walk up, and I'm just, hmm, hmm, hmm. Pizza bites? Mm. Like, like Costco has realized and they understand this simple little principle that you can be walking into Costco with your parents. You can be walking into Costco with your grocery list. You, 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 maybe you've never heard of Pizza Bites. Maybe you've never had a dream about Pizza Bites. But they know if they can just get you a little sample of a Pizza Bite, you're going to want all the Pizza Bites. Oh, the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. So I've got some news for you. Do you know what your job is? Do you know what my job is? It's just to hand some samples out there of what Jesus is like. And you believe me here, people are going to come in and want the whole thing. Hey, just a little sample, a smile here, an encouraging word there. You don't know what's going to happen out of it. This woman, she comes into the house, who knows how many samples she's had. Who knows how many people had been telling her about this Savior that was greater. But this woman, she comes in and she comes and she falls at Jesus' feet. She begins to weep. She begins to cry. And these Pharisees, they stop and they look. They say, who is this Jesus? Does he not know who is touching him that this woman, no name, is a sinner? You want to know how to find a Pharisee? Just start hanging around sinners. You want to know how to discover a religious spirit? Just start touching sinners. What is it about us this day and age where we still haven't discovered that this Jesus, this Savior, he has not come for the healthy. He's come for the sick. He, he's here for the sick. He's here for those that say, I, I, I need a Savior. I, I need somebody. And it's interesting when this type of thinking starts to creep in, whether we're, you're inside the church or outside the church, you find yourself in, in the lowest moment where you say, you know what, I can fix myself. You ever been there where it's just like, hey, I'm dealing with this, but I can fix it. I'll get through this. I'll do this. It's because of a religious spirit that makes you think that you can fix yourself. But hear me, you can fix yourself. If you could, you wouldn't need Jesus. He came for the sick. He came for the hurting. This is the gospel. Come to Jesus. Are you broken? Come to Jesus. Are you hurting? Come to Jesus. Are you guilty? Come to Jesus. Did you mess up 10 minutes before the X? Come to Jesus. Are you going to mess up tomorrow? Come to Jesus. This is the gospel. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burden, and I, I will give you rest. I love this story because this woman is a picture of me. This woman is a picture of you. Maybe you're sitting there like, oh, Chris, I've never done anything that bad before. That's not me. No, this is you. This is me. And she, she gives us a visual aid of what it looks like to carry such a burden and have such a weight. I mean, everyone she's ever met has used her. Everyone she's ever met has been careless with her. But on this day, she's fixing to meet the guy that wants to buy her back. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe 
you're at a place now in your life where everything is just so perfect and framed in where you've never been in a place before where you actually needed him. But I know that I need him. The things that I face, the doubts, the fears, the insecurities, I know that I need him. And I love this woman because she has the wherewithal to say, I'm carrying all this stuff to Jesus. See, it's never about what you're going through in life. It's always about who you're going to. Are you going to Jesus? Are you making your way to Jesus? This woman, she's weeping at his feet and Jesus looks at these Pharisees and he tells them a story. He says, suppose there's two, two guys. They both owe some money. One guy owes $500 and the other guy owes $50. Now, the moneylender decides to cancel the debts of both because they can't pay it back. Now, which one of them is going to love the moneylender more? He says, well, that's easy. Obviously, the one with the bigger debt. Jesus says, you have judged correctly. What he's saying here is when you recognize and realize what I paid for you, you're going to come back and love me even more. <laughs> you're going to come back and love me even more. For example, I'll explain it like this. There is a, there's three types of people in this world when you go to a restaurant and the bill comes. If you're sitting by them or you know somebody, don't say anything. Three types of people. So you're hanging out at Chili's, eating your bottomless chips, and the bill comes. The bill comes, and the first person, the first person, you know them. Like, what are you hitting your chest for, homie? You don't keep your wallet up there. Hey, it's, you got me? You got me? Hey, I got you next time. Like, you say that every time, bro. Crazy. The second person is even more crazy. The, the, the bill comes, and they go, they pull out their receipt app on their phone. They pull out, like, their 1952 calculator. Like, okay. Okay. Um, who ordered the Diet Coke? Who ordered the Diet Coke? You did? Okay. Who ordered the bottomless chips? Who ordered the Like, bro, we all ate them. No, no, no. I tasted it. You ordered it. You pay for it. We're rounding down today. I got the up day, you got the down day. Like, what does that even mean? Like, like, what's going on? And then the third person, you know them, the bill comes and they just say, hey, I got this. I got this. No, no, put your money away. I got this. In, in my life, that's my dad. This is why it's very important to be nice to your parents right now. So when you're 20, 25, 30, they will continue to buy your dinner when you go out. I'm telling you. But in my life, that's my dad. I know wherever I go with my dad, he's going to pay. It can be Taco Bell or a steakhouse. doesn't matter. He's going to pay that bill. Like, can I be honest? There's never been a day where my dad's like, hey, Chris, um, you want to go eat? And I say, no. No. No, not happening. I'm not going to do that. Are you kidding me? My dad says, Chris, do you want to go eat? I say, where are we going, baby? You're paying. I'm there, baby. Grace paid your bill. You have a reason to worship. You have a reason to shout. You have a reason to praise him. On that cross, he took care of the bill. He took care of it. He took care of it so you have every right to look and trust him and make your way to Jesus. Come on, stand with me. Stand with me. We're closing. Told you that was quick. We're going to get back into worship. Jesus, he says this. He says, you're missing it. 
He says, the person that recognizes and realizes what I paid for them, they're going to come back and love me even more. When they realize what I've done, they're going to show up and they're going to love me even more. Those that have been forgiven little love little. Those that have been forgiven much love much. And this woman, she's in this house and she's weeping at their feet. And I love this story because how uncomfortable was that for her? She has to walk into the house of these religious folk and find Jesus, the Savior. Ah, I know this, it's going to be a little uncomfortable if you want an encounter. It's going to get a little uncomfortable if you want God to do something in your life that you've never seen before, that you've never experienced. And with that being said, I want to challenge you tonight. You know, maybe you've never been up front to worship with everybody. Maybe you're the type that's just like, I'm going to stay back and I'm just going to watch. My challenge is that you would come to Jesus, that you would have a real authentic encounter with Jesus, that you'd go all in. So right now, I want to challenge you to take that step. Everybody in this place, come to the front. Come to the front. We're going to worship. We're going to worship like we've never worshiped before. Come to the front. Hear me, hear me. We're going to worship with an awareness that we've been set free. See, I love, hear me out, I love this woman because she comes in and she doesn't hold anything back. She doesn't hold anything back. She gives it all. She falls on her knees and she cries out to somebody that she's never met to have this encounter. Listen, I don't worship Jesus because of an awareness that I'm a sinner. I worship Jesus because of an awareness that I've been set free. This woman, she, she falls at the feet of Jesus. And she's willing to lay it all down just for one encounter. This woman, this is, this is me, this is you. No matter what you're going through, Jesus, he's, he's looking at you. He's saying, come to me. You're hurting, you're broken, come to me. This is, this is the gospel. This is what it's all about. These moments where we get to, you look to the right and to your left and maybe you see some of your best friends, maybe you don't, but you get to worship. It's not every day you get to do this, but you can believe that God is stirring something up in this place, that on a, on a regular old Wednesday night that we get to lift our hands and worship and call upon his name, the name that is above every other name. And trust that he doesn't have a careless plan for your life. But he has a careful plan for you. I mean, is this, is this not the Bible? Do we not learn from Scripture? As we see Jesus, it's story after story. He takes people and he looks beyond their past. 